Welcome to the Fem Nation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation Podcast. Today, we have a guest on the hot seat. So I want to thank my guest for coming on and give her an opportunity to say hello, but also really want you guys to dive in and listen to what we're talking about today. Because again, the hot seats are anonymous. They remain uh, unspecified as to who it is in the business. So we can dive into the questions and the hurdles at hand. So thank you for coming on today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So let's start out first by giving some context around where you feel like you you have this this hurdle or you know this breakthrough that you're wanting to have. What is holding you up in your business? And then we'll go from there. Okay, great. So I think the biggest thing is as far as like expansion and really trying to figure out how I can take my business from where I'm at right now to something that's at a, a bigger scale. But that means hiring people. It means um, adding more resources in, um, kind of getting to a, a bigger state again, you know, so you kind of go through your your stages of growth and then you realize that you need to, again, put more resources in, kind of like when you're starting up, you need to, you know, really kind of focus on getting to that next level. And sometimes that can be challenging because it's easy to stay with the status quo. It's easy to kind of stay with the clients that you have right now and not because you know that the next stage of growth is going to be um, a lot of uh, time intensive for you as well. Excellent. So give me a little bit of uh, context around where you are at the moment. So what is the number one thing on scaling your business you feel is holding you back from being able to do that? Yeah. So I think really what it is right now is that, you know, I've been a solopreneur, so I've been doing this all on my own. And I think at this point I really need I need somebody to help me with some of the administrative things. I need somebody to help me with some of the smaller um, marketing tasks and just kind of help me, um, you know, keep that foundation strong so that I can go on and and add more clients and not feel overwhelmed, make sure that everything's still taken care of and um, that that all the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, basically. Have you outsourced it all yet? Anything even on contractor level? No, I haven't. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've got feelers out. I'm asking people I'm looking for, um, you know, for, for different things. And of course, everything's a balance, right? So when you start doing things like that, then it adds to the balance of other things that you have in your life. For me right now, it's, you know, my, I'm being a mom and getting my kids, you know, taken care of too. So, um, everything's a balance. So you really just have to figure out how you can, um, add more clients and add more people to your business and still balance out your life. How are you on time? How much, I, how, what's your time expansion look like? Are you pretty maxed? Um, yes, I am. I'm adding a new client starting Monday, um, which is going to be a bigger, a much bigger client, which is where I'm seeing my immediate need is to really kind of be able to take care of my other clients too. I've been um, in business for myself for about a year um, and it's been great and it's been awesome. And I've you know, been able to grow my company into now that I'm adding another big client, I need to really kind of 
mm-hmm. uh, get some help with some of the other things. So the first thing I would have you do uh, with regards to this is to really map out on a piece of paper. And I, I strongly urge it being a piece of paper because there's some uh, there's a different connection versus typing it out on a computer. So take some time wherever you're at, take a notebook, um, at, you know, block off a little bit of time and really write down the tasks that you do on a daily basis. And if it means you have to just track yourself for a couple of days to see what those tasks are, uh, then go ahead and do so. What I want you to pull out is the administrative pieces that are the day-to-day where you're stuck in the day-to-day stuff, because that's going to be the component that is holding you back from the transition. Your your time max and your time, your zone of genius is going to be helping your clients and doing what you do with your clients. So all the day-to-day stuff, pocket that into somewhere that you can see what it is. So then start pulling out the low-hanging fruit on those uh, on the daily task pieces, the administrative stuff, the mundane things of operating a business and start pulling those out and see if there's an opportunity for a VA or for somebody to take at least some of that load off your plate. I want to caution on outsourcing to um, somebody that's a higher uh, a higher business price. So when, uh, that's not the right words that I want. When you, when you outsource to a VA, VAs do a, a fantastic job and there are plenty of resources and I can give you some resources to find VAs that are going to be multiple ranges of cost uh, per hour. Now, you, the specificity of what you want them to do though needs to be extremely specific. So when you bring on your first VA, you're probably going to want maybe 10 hours a week figure out where that 10 hours uh, of work is. And then when you are going through training this VA person, you know, obviously through the whole process of figuring out what it is that you want them to do. Then when you're on the calls with them, record all the training calls, record everything that you're asking them to do and, and showing, and then the screen shares of showing them how to do that. So you don't have to double up that work again. So finding a VA is about finding fit on top of it. And you need to find what is going to be the best fit for how you operate. There are a few ways to do that. And I know I'm throwing a lot at you, so we'll back up to this in just a minute. But there are a few ways to do that. Not all VAs are going to be a good fit. And just because they're um, a mega expert at something and charge a very high rate for it does not necessarily mean that's where you are at the moment. So you also have to be budget-friendly, budget-minded, knowing what you can uh, incorporate in. And in the early stages of it, maybe finding somebody that is uh, on the the back-end scale of the price, the lower scale of the price, in order to train them so you can also you know, train yourself on what to expect from them. A VA and an assistant-type person is honestly as good as we give them the work to complete. I have butchered it so many times and I just been like, I know in my head what I need them to do. And I just need to find that unicorn out there. That's just going to be able to hear me say it once and go be able to do it magnificently. And it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. (laughs) So finding, I would suggest pocketing after you have a list of what the tasks that you want to take off your hands that would equate to about 10 hours a week. Um, Five, you can try with five, but five is not much of a significance on removing the tasks from you. 
but be very specific with deadlines. Be very specific on when you need things done, when you need them completed. Be specific on your ask up front, even if you feel someone is just an amazing fit and you're going to tweak your schedule and what you need in order to fit to get them, that's not going to work for you. It's going to be very difficult to do that because you're going to feel like you just, you're just going to end up doing it because you need it done at a particular time. So before it feels massively overwhelming, start putting the feelers out for that, but be very specific as to what you want. So create that list of the tasks that are holding you back a little bit on being able to free up some of your time. And in doing that, you'll, you'll kind of figure out, yeah, I can do this one. I really need this person to do this one. More importantly, this is what I need taken up. Um, consistency for them is a good point. And also being able for you to trust the process, to learn to trust that process, because the transition from this phase to starting to outsource stuff is one of the most magnificent trans transitions. Um, because we have to stop being the employee and we have to start being kind of the boss, the owner, the visionary, the leader. And that is difficult sometimes in the transition process. So giving the person tasks that aren't going to require you to, you know, come up against something feeling like you've got to get that. You just got to help. You need to get it done. She's not able to get it done till Friday, but it's Wednesday and you really need this done because this week you really need it done. It's don't, don't give her things, him or her things that are going to be time crunch for you. So analyze your list, analyze your list of your day-to-day stuff first and foremost, so that you can see what is going to work. Uh, Additionally, if you, are you, um, are you adverse to hiring online versus in person? You know, that's a great question. And it's something I've thought about. Um, I may need to hire somebody in person here because I may have some things that I may actually need to physically give them. Um, and then if they're gapping me with other things in my life. So it depends on if I want somebody that's more like an assistant uh, for only my business or if I want to actually have also some possibly some, some gap on like a carpool situation, or if there's some other needs where I'm like in Mm -hmm. a meeting and I can't get to pick up my kids or something. So I think that I really kind of need somebody that could multitask Mm -hmm. or I might just need to separate those two people altogether, but I might need, I might need one person that could be remote or in person. And I might need one person that's, you know, here physically. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, put your list together. Let's start with that. Put that list together and determine all of those things the day-to-day. If the personal can actually coexist with the business tasks, then yes. But again, that's a little bit harder of a, a kind of a merging point. You really almost need to do five to 10 for the personal and then five to 10 for the business and, and have a separation only because the roles start becoming reduced. And what's going to end up happening is the technical pieces of doing the business work are going to be put on the back burner because the the day-to-day need that's going to arise to um, reduce your load of the physical activities are going to take precedent. And right. so it becomes it becomes a little bit of a crossover that the business still suffers a little bit. Yes, it eases the the, the part for you where you're stepping out and having to you know, jump into the personal life and then jump back into the business life, you know, what that balance looks like. It eases that personal side of it, but the business is ultimately still going to suffer for it. Right. That makes total sense. Because you're going to continue to do the business stuff, you know, and then keep doing those tasks. So um, I, after we're done with this episode, I can 
I will give you some online VA people. That's um, I have a group that I know that is full of VAs. And so then you can go search in there and you can post job opportunities and really start seeing what a lot of VAs do, what the online side of it looks like. And then that way you're going to be able to get a sense for what can they take off of that list? What can you possibly give them that's not that? Now then your, your private person here, you know, wherever you are on a local level, then you can give them the in-person task. You can save that for somebody that's in, in person, but I would take some of that business technical piece and only give that business technical piece to somebody online. So that, that is freeing up that time for you. Right. Yeah, no, that would be great. You know, because there's some things and I always say play to your strengths, right? You want to play to your strengths and, and some of the things that I want to have help with are the things that I either procrastinate on or I, you know, I just don't enjoy doing them. So I kind of, they're, they take lower priority than some of the other things that I um, like doing better. So some of those things would make me so much more efficient and some of it, you know, comes into billing, like the billing and the, some of the financial stuff. So I think that you just play to your strengths. And if I can outsource some of those things, I think mm-hmm. that would be great. You know, mm-hmm. you help me. Yeah. When you do that list, then one, you come down to the things that you would like to outsource uh, and then the, the things that you want to keep and take the outsource list and break that down into the personal and the business. And that will give you some opportunity to see what it looks like after you just brain dump, you know, brain dump right. the whole thing. And then don't worry about trying to pocket, you know, oh, that's a business one, or maybe that's a business or another one. Because as you're doing this, also think of the things that become um really tedious for you on the business because of a personal, you know, the personal conflict, personal time conflict. Maybe it's not something that would be tedious for you uh, if it didn't have a personal time conflict or vice versa, you know, check those, but brain dump them all first on the things that you just feel like you would like to let go and the things that you want to keep to um, do yourself. And then, you know, and as a dueling parent and entrepreneur, you, there may be things on the personal side of it, maybe pickups that you want to do on the personal side of it that you just want to make the time and space for. So again, go ahead and just bring them that entire list of outsource, keep, and then take the outsource piece of it and then divide that between business and personal. So we're going to filter that down just a little bit, but only one track, one frame of mind, one track at the time that you're doing it. So that's why I say to split it that way. Um, because your brain will open it up and, and freely allow you to release the things and just come up as thoughts. You're not putting too much time into diving into the the, um, the task or whatever it is as you're putting it down on paper. We can take care of that on the secondary level. But what I want to what I want you to think of when you go to hire somebody uh, in a local atmosphere is that their time commitment, unless they are a business that only does. Um, you know, very, very minimal hours is going to be higher cost per hour. So just keep that in mind that the personal side of it may be higher cost, but releasing some of the business side of it to the online may work in order to where you don't necessarily need the personal stuff as much. So play again with those. That's going to be something that you're going to have to just kind of work with and flow with a little bit and just kind of um, allow it to dictate itself for you a little bit of trial and error, but your easiest is going to be able to do someone online for, you know, around 15, $20 an hour, roughly. Uh, again, that's a ballpark there. They range higher. Um, I probably wouldn't go lower than 15 only because you want, um, 
some technical awareness. You know, you want them to have at least, you know, some, some cognitive ability to do the tasks that you're asking them to do. Um, but what I want to dive into a little bit too is the, the mindset of the transition itself in going from doing all the things to going into outsourcing you're still playing that dueling role of kind of employee moving into leadership, moving into um, building the business out. And that's a tricky spot. That's one of the deepest transitions that I see on a constant level that even when businesses get to multiple six figures, $250,000, $300,000 a year, they are still doing the day-to-day. And that is, they, they're really roadblocking their own business by doing that. So in this transitional time frame, you're going to also have to do some inner work that's going to require you to um, set your team up for success. Give them the opportunity, the expectation, the deadline, the task at hand, and how you like to see it finished. Ask them, tell them what that is. And this is assuming you've got the person, the people that you want to do the task. But give them all of the tools to be successful with it and then ask them to paint you a picture of what that looks like, what a successful, you know, return of that task looks like to them so that you can also get a feel for how they, you know, what they're seeing. So it's not that it, because here, let me step back just a minute. If you tell them what you want them to do, you can also be hindering their zone of genius by make you know requiring them to do it only the way that you're giving it to them they may have some opportunity to help expedite it or help it be more efficient um you know a lot of times they're integrator type people that do the VA stuff they're the ones that um love task completion and so giving them the opportunity to see how this task is and then giving you feedback back on it, having that open dialogue is really giving them ownership of completing that task. So if you ask them, you know, to paint you a picture of what that looks like on a completed um, week or completed whatever, it gives you an opportunity to see how they operate too, and gives them the opportunity to open that dialogue and have that dialogue with you. So you want to see how it's coming back. You want to see how, um, how they view their version of success in completing this task. Um, And then also, even when you're interviewing someone, you can have an interview process where you can tell them that this is what I need done. This is the particular task. If I gave you the videos and we did training and we did all the things for it, what does that look like on a successful completion of that task? And let them tell you what a, a successful day looks like or a successful task completion looks like. Um, just so that you can work with what they have. And so on the front side of it, then you open that door to communication and you open the door to being able to have um, insight into how they're doing it, but you're also giving them ownership to complete the task and then let them know that you are open to that feedback as well on efficiency. Because if they know how to do something efficient, then it's not a reduction of hours because you've got a ton of things that you can have them do. It then becomes a really nice relationship where they feel the con- you know that that um, ability to help you be better in your zone of genius while they assist you on the back end. So make sure make sure you have those conversations, but check in with yourself on that on releasing that ownership. And releasing the opportunity for them to become successful at helping you be even more successful because your goal 
is to get to a point where your business can operate on a, on an entire week without you having to be commanding all the roles. Okay. That makes total sense. And it is hard. Also, I agree on doing the check-in about giving up control because that is hard, you know, and you, especially when you're doing everything, you're used to having it all, you know, flow a certain way and you do it and you, you know, so you kind of chunk it out the way that you have to get it done. And so I think when you kind of, you know, start bringing somebody else into that process, it's hard. I mean, that's why we're entrepreneurs, right? We like to do it ourselves. Right. We get (laughs) stuck there. We do. Right. And it's like, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily maybe um, want a boss and you maybe don't want to be a boss too, but somehow at some point that has to change, you know, and I, I agree that it's, it's something um, that managing people is probably not my favorite thing, you know, but mm-hmm. I think it would be better than doing these tasks or getting caught up or behind on some of these other tasks that need work too. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a matter of transition and, and making it flow. And in starting a new client, I want it to all flow smoothly. So I kind of am nervous about the timing of it all, you know, because it all sure. has to fit together and I don't want there to be any gaps as I'm bringing on a new client. And yeah, so. Also, um, don't be afraid to, and not that you are, but I want to say this in, in general for anybody listening as well, when, when this is available for them, don't be afraid to hire um, slow and fire fast. If it's not a good fit, it's just not a good fit. And you, you can try and you can put the process together. Uh, and maybe it's not a good fit because you're not ready for that person. Maybe it's not a good fit because that person's not the right fit for, for your organization and your business. There's multiple different reasons, but that doesn't mean it's a right or wrong. It just means it's not a good fit and that's okay. So don't try to squeeze a good fit and make somebody be a good fit. Be willing to release them because what you're doing is you are giving them the opportunity to go find what is a good right fit for them, as well as yourself, the opportunity to find the right fit for you. So it's not, again, business, even though some of your tasks are business and personal, business is not personal. Business is business. And it just, if it just fits, it's going to fit and you, you will know it, you'll sense it, you'll feel it, you'll see it just work itself together. If it's not, no amount of trying to muscle it together is going to make it a perfect fit. It's just always going to be awkward, difficult, and really not helpful in what you need to have done. And so then you, again, will be one of those instances where you'll take tasks back because it just be like, this person is just not getting it, not getting it done right. And you know, all the above. So I'm just going to do it where then that person maybe doesn't know how to do it any differently or doesn't know how to change that. Um, and that establishment of communication, the very front end of it will help alleviate some of this. But again, Sometimes it's trial and error and, and it may be the third person, maybe the sixth person, but maybe the first person, but going out there and giving them the small, easy things to accomplish and then having that room to grow a little bit, but do consistently and constantly work on that transition for yourself because that transition is not quick and it takes time to build a team. But if you really dig into how you want that team to be built, then you're going to be able to build your rock star team. That's just going to get you understand what you're doing and be able to take you further in your business. Okay. There's an assessment. It's the CVI assessment. I would actually have you do that for yourself. I can give you a link on that at the end as well. Um, I found uh, out of a lot of assessments um, with team building, this one is very, very good. 
Um, there's Myers-Briggs, there's um, a gazillion other different assessments that I've gone through, looked at, and genuinely um, taken great things from, but this one really captures a lot of details. Uh, but see how you operate and then also ask them to take the assessment as well so you can see how those pieces work together. Because if you have someone that is exactly like you, then it might not be as, as helpful as you need it to be, right? You know, so you want to find your counterpart. And Absolutely. You need to, like somebody that can see your blind spots or operate yes. in your blind spots. That's exactly. It makes you complete. Right? And hold you in check. Yes. You know, yeah. and just be like, hey, you know, me. <laughs> right, exactly. And so often we want to duplicate ourselves because you're like, if I could just have five me's, we could get all this done. No, your zone of genius is your zone of genius. You need the opposite of who you are to cover the stuff right? that is not your zone of genius, you know? so. Um, I'll give you a link to, uh, to that. It's not, I'm not, it's a free one and I'm not an affiliate of theirs, but I actually truly appreciate how they do it. And I have had teams, team building, and, uh, we've, um, restructured businesses based on these assessments because we found that there were people, employees, this is an employee situations, but employees that were better suited for a different role in the business. It didn't mean that they were the wrong for the business. They were just better in a different role because of their strengths. So it really pulls that. So I'll share that with you. And I'll also put it in the show notes for other people when they listen to this episode, but it's very well done. And so it captures that opposite component for you. Uh, But ask them to do that because then you can see their strengths and weaknesses and you'll see how it pairs. Perfect. Yeah. That would be great. Thank you for that resource. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. All right. So we covered the, the time and outsourcing a little bit. That's going to help you scale your business. We talked about the mindset a little bit of transitioning from being a solopreneur to building a scalable thriving business. Um, and then uh, the, the tightness of resources, I'm, I'm assuming that's the financial aspect of it because you, you have that squeeze right now where you're maxed on time, you know, hitting that max on funding, but also being able to have the opportunity to open that up a little bit because you're able to expand, but you can't expand time and money and clients all at the same time. Um, <laughs> so two things, because I don't know this piece of your business, nor nor do I need to know this, but Make sure you're tracking your funds. Make sure you're actually um, actually understand what a profit and loss is. The key component of knowing what your money is doing is a foundational piece to building a business. You cannot scale to a $500,000 a year business, much less a million dollar business without understanding what these are. And in the growth curve, you, you need to, this is where you get to learn it as you're growing it. So if you don't have that already to where you can review your numbers on a regular basis, that it's, you're staying on top of it to a degree. Um, that is something that I would encourage you to add in. Solopreneurs are the most common because we start a business, we build the business. And that's the component that is 90% of the time, not our zone of genius is, you know, the, the KPIs and the analytical piece, the linear side of our business. So watch those, but also in, in your, um, in your financial component of it, without going into the accounting piece of it, without going into the bookkeeping or the, the deep KPI part of it, because again, for the listeners, I don't know the numbers, nor do I need to know the numbers. That's not the nature of this, but I want, I want everyone to understand that this is so very important that that financial component 
can be tight. It can be ugly. We can not like what it looks like. We can want to scale our business and we desire to scale our business. We know where we want to go. We're the visionary entrepreneur of it, but we still need to have that in check. We still need to know how tight are we. And if we are tight, if we're at that squeeze moment where that transition is, is deep, you're in the deep transition side of it, then go ahead and analyze what are you going to let go of in order to be able to afford this transitional piece? What can you let go of on the money side of it in order to pay for 10 hours of assistance to release you to be able to take more clients? Because again, at the end of the day, it's about getting more clients. And if you can reduce this load, you have to have the financial component to do it. But if you don't feel like you have the financial component to do it, it's because you're not looking at those on a regular basis. So know your numbers. Know the dollars and figures, know your numbers and what you specifically want to do with it and find where that resource is in there. And I, I don't like to cut expenses in order to make more money because I believe that we can increase our profit. There are, there's a bottom line expense that is required just to be operational in business that doesn't, isn't reflected on how many clients you have. You just have to have these tools, these apps, these, requir- these financial requirements. Now that, now that being said, what are you willing as an entrepreneur to do for your business to be able to scale to that next level and put a date on it? How long are you willing to do that? And this is just an example, but are you willing to let go of $15 a month for your Netflix in order to be able to put more money towards your, your uh, VA? Are you willing to, and maybe only for two months, maybe for six months, maybe for a year, maybe you realize you don't ever need it again. That's just a loose example but if you are super tight, there are ways to look at your resources and there are ways to look at your financial components to see how you can do it instead of just thinking, I'm already so stinking tight in this business. I don't know where I'm going to come up with $150 to pay for this VA for the week. Never mind, I'll just keep doing it. See, if we don't look at them, if we don't build that list, if we don't use it as a tool to tell us where we're at, then we're not able to actually move into that next level. So, I encourage you on as the resources squeeze, because there will never be a point in time where your resources will not squeeze and then release, squeeze and release. It's the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, and it's in the squeeze that we learn how to check our business, check ourselves, and check the balance. Um, And it's at the release where we feel the freedom that we can soar for a little bit, but we will always have that because we soar and we start squeezing ourselves again because we grew to that next level. You know, so, I mean, there's always going to be that ebb and flow of the numbers piece of it, but start utilizing them as a tool. Start seeing what you're willing to work with, what you're willing to move around, what you're willing to say, okay, let's put a hold on, you know, $2,000 a month in marketing Let's draw it back to a thousand. What does that look like? And will that negatively impact my business and my clients coming in if I do so? You know, so look at all those pieces. But if you're not tracking those numbers, you can't, you know, so make sure you have that in place. And again, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying, make sure you have that in place. Right. No, that's a good, good, good advice. I mean, it really is true too. Like, and at what point you kind of have to look at it, like how much would I pay to grow my business by X percent. I would happily pay for that VA for those, you know, five to 10 hours a month or a week versus, you know, not mm-hmm. growing my business and staying where I am. I don't want to stay where I am. I want to grow. So exactly. it is like, at what point, you know, what's it worth to grow your business? Right. It's definitely worth that, you know? And so if you're consistently looking, if you're constantly able to see those numbers on a business vantage point, then it, it tells you things. It gives you an idea. A lot of uh, solopreneurs that 
um, bootstrap and just wing it and, you know, just put it on a credit card or, you know, come out with $3,000 worth of marketing when they don't even have their, you know, exactly what they're offering down or they're offering 15 different things because a lot of times we'll, we'll do a lot of different things to, you know, get that off the ground. If we don't know what the zone of genius is, then that's $3,000 in marketing is not going to help you expand your business to the point where you're not feeling that squeeze. So making sure that those pieces are all in line and in check, that would be the third piece on, you know, the additional or adding resources or adding um, financial components to it. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And I look forward to getting that assessment and some of the other resources for the VAs. That would be awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, You know, I do think that the, you know, I think that this is very helpful and it's just um, things that we grow through as entrepreneurs that we just have to figure out. And sometimes you, like, I feel like things go in waves, right? So like all of a sudden over the past month, I've added three clients and all of a sudden it's like, you know, so things go in waves and it's taken a long time to get to that point. And then, you know, it's really kind of exciting too, but you have to make sure that your back of house is being taken care of too. Right. So that's where you kind of have to go, okay, I'm ready, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for this. And I, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful, but I need to still make, make sure that I'm taking care of the, the foundation. Otherwise it won't be, it won't be successful no matter how many clients you add. Right. Right. Because if you're stuck not doing your zone of genius on a consistent basis, you're not going to be sustainable because you're going to start not loving what you're doing because you're stuck in the pieces that are required for business, but not necessarily your zone of genius. So right, awesome. awesome. Guys, thank you for tuning in today. And I will share the same links as I talked about today in this hot seat episode. So everybody can have the opportunity to grow and scale their business as they see fit. Thank you for coming on. And as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedevgannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.